I don't think most people understand how fragile and delicate the entire world is. Mm-hmm. That on on any moment in time, anyone like we could really be obliterated almost at any time, and it's because of the whole mutually assured destruction thing with folks who have nuclear weapons. And now Biden was today in Kiev, Ukraine, mm-hmm. and they were uh, engaging. We pledged more, um, more money to the Ukraine effort. And like you, I don't really get into politics too much. Um, I think it sucks that what's happening. But one, people don't know that like, like, I, like I've been to, I just went to Israel. I went to the Sy- uh, Syrian border. I went to Gaza. I went to all these places. And it's like understanding the pressure and the edge that they have to live with. But two, that should humble us that we have the stability that we do to even have debates and talk about ideas and mm-hmm. get to think critically because most of the world doesn't have that sort of luxury. Mm-hmm. The folks in Ukraine don't have that sort of luxury. The folks in, 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 in you know, other parts of the world don't have that sort of luxury. And so um, the, the, the thing that makes Biden going there today is that uh, it seems like it's escalating to this isn't us funding a defensive uh, strategy for Ukraine, but that it's potentially us being more offensive in making these sorts of appearances. Have you been keeping up with any of the Ukraine stuff? you have any thoughts on on uh, what's going on I've there? Been, I've been keeping up with it, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to share my political opinions on the whole issue, sure. of course. But yep. from a Christian perspective, uh, I see people getting a, a really worried about this kind of stuff. We, we need to remember uh, Jesus is still king. I mean, everyone's going to say that. Think of how Christians would have thought watching the rise of Hitler, hmm. Japanese Empire in the 1940s. Much bigger threat at the time to the West uh, because Japan was actually taking territory, moving through the Pacific. They Mm -hmm. took the Philippines. They moved further down in the Southeast Asia. They were threatening Australia and New Zealand, and they were the people were really worried about this. Mm -hmm. And so people looked at that time and thought, well, this is the end of the world. People during the plague of Europe in in the 13, late late 1340s, Mm-hmm. You know, a third of Europe's population died when the plague came through. Again, mm-hmm. end of the world kind of stuff. And what happens? The church always perseveres. It always goes through. It yeah. always keeps moving on. And it keeps growing. Yep. Uh, because why? Christ is leading the church. And we're not going to be wiped out. We're mm-hmm. not going to be destroyed. God has plans for the human race and the church. Yeah. So we need to trust that no matter what's going to happen, God will see us through. Now, there will be some hard times. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to go through some hard times over the next century. Mm. And not it's just the West, but maybe as a human race. Mm. But I mean, we go through these cycles. There's an old saying, you know, great men build great times. Great times make weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create great men. I think we're right now in the period of weak men create hard times. Mm. We're kind of going through that. Yeah. But we need that sometimes mm. to become better, yeah. to become, uh, realize what God, the plans he has for us. Mm-hmm. And so persevere, hold tr- fast to the faith. And do what you can to get the gospel out, even if, even if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, you know that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. Don't be buying food buckets to hide in a shelter. <laughs> Use your money to get evangelism out to help other people yeah, get the good. gospel out. You know, I, I was talking to Zach Sparazzo earlier. You'll meet him tomorrow. Um, he he usually does these daily streams with me, and and we were talking about like uh, prepping and like what are you gonna do? You know, and it's like, dude, like if it really came to that, we wouldn't have time to do anything. <laughs> like we it would we would just be wiped out. Like it would just be a wrap, you know, and we get to go be with Jesus. So uh, I'm with you on that. Like I think I think there's a there's a tension there that many people are uh, 
like that anxiety and the worry doesn't serve us well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do any net positive to us. It just makes us anxious and worried for no reason at all. Right. Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when Titus was marching on Jerusalem in 70 AD, the Christians fled to the mountains then. They didn't mm. flee to the mountains four or five years earlier. Mm. They fled in that moment. Yeah. And that's what Jesus said to do. Flee to the mountains when this happens. Yep. But, you know. Yeah. That's good. Um, I mentioned earlier, I don't know if you guys heard of this, uh, there was an asteroid, a small asteroid that hit uh, a South Texas town. Uh, the timing of all this stuff is so spooky to me, man. <laughs> you got the Ukraine thing. You got the asteroid in Texas. You got the Asbury revival on the same day as um, it 50 years ago in the same year that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 1970. And then they win this year and like prophetic words and all this kind of stuff. And so I think it's good. I think what you said is so good to just kind of anchor it down and say, hey, no matter what, Jesus is still king. Yeah, well, we need to remember, Jesus gave us an important command, get the Great Commission out. The church got the Great Commission out through various persecutions. Could you imagine living in Rome under Nero in the 60s? -hmm. He was lighting Christians on fire, feeding them to the lions. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people that, you know, the apostles like Peter went out and converted, and then they're just killed. Mm Mm-hmm. You, a Christian in that day and age, you'd be like, there's no hope for the church now. It's not going to survive. Mm-hmm. Or go even further back, the Babylonian exile. Mm. You know, the God of Israel, it, to, to the ancient mindset, it would have looked to them as if the God of Babylon, Marduk, just defeated their God. Yep. There was no hope for the religion, uh, the worship of Israel, of Israel's God at that point. You couldn't, could you go back to someone and say, well, in, you know, 2,500 years, it's going to be the world's greatest religion. It's going to be in places you don't even know exist across yeah. these vast oceans. Yeah. They were looking at you like you're crazy. No, yeah. we just got defeated. It's over. Yep. So even if it looks like bad things are about to happen, God's going to work through it. Yeah. As, he, as Joseph said in the book of Genesis, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Come on. That's good. That's good. That's a good take. It's a good take, Michael. <laughs> uh, here's a cool question. Shout out to my guy, Chris. Do you think the kingdom of God is always synonymous with eternal life slash salvation? I don't think it's always synonymous. So in the way it's used in the Gospels, it refers to literally the kingdom of God. Jesus is now king. He reigns over the earth now. This is what we see in 1 Corinthians 15. He is reigning and he's going to put all enemies under his feet. So Jesus is king now. And when he says things in like Mark 1, like the kingdom of God is at hand, what does he mean? He's saying basically, guess what's about to happen? That actual kingdom that Daniel spoke about when the when the stone that came down from heaven and cr- hit the statue crumbled it and this mountain grew to cover the whole kingdom, that's about to start. There's going to be a literal kingdom of God. And guess what? If you're a Christian, you are part of that actual kingdom. This is why early Christians refused to sacrifice to Caesar. Mm. Why? Caesar's not king. Jesus is actually king. He's mm. actually reigning over. There is no other king other than Jesus. Mm. So that that's what we need to remember here so we are literally in a actual kingdom according to the apostles and the early christians good jesus is actually king and so yeah and we have eternal life as part of that because when jesus returns the resurrection will happen yeah so 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 tell me tell me how you feel about this so i i totally agree with you and i would say there is a a salvation and experience of heaven and, and eternity but then there's also the kingdom on this side of eternity and right. us getting to participate with uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus per Matthew chapter 25, right, where you see the parable of the talents, and then it goes right into caring for the least of these, and James saying true religion is to care for the widow and the orphan. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the kingdom is an overflow of God's will being done on earth 
and us getting in on that. Exactly. That's what it is. Like heaven has invaded earth, starting with Jesus, mm -hmm. and now we, as his body, spread that out. And, and my view is we are literally supposed to change the world into a new Eden eventually, that the church is supposed to keep growing and growing and making yeah. the world a better place. Yeah. And make and eventually the whole world will become like a new Eden. And and we're seeing that already. I yeah. mean, Christianity is responsible, according to scholars like Robert Woodbury, Ronald to Salem, for massive changes like we uh, Christian missionaries have promoted democracy, education, mm -hmm. mass printing, colonial yep. reform around the world. Yep. Uh, Christianity was crucial for the development of science. Mm -hmm. Without science, we didn't have all this amazing technology, which has made our lives far better. Research has showed that uh, uh, a country's GDP and wealth will grow when it develops equal rights. But mm. if you look at the research of like Robert Woodbury and others, Christian missionaries were promoting this idea mm. that you know women and women need equal rights yes. around the world. You can't treat them like subservient. Yes. They they need to be treated as if you're your equal. Why? Because Paul taught that. Yeah. There's a great book written by an atheist. His name is Tom Holland, not Spider-Man, but he's an historian. His name is Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called Dominion. It just mm -hmm. showed how Christianity has changed the world. Go back to the Roman Empire. They would have they would have just believed that a master uh, had every he could do whatever he wants to his slaves. He could mm. use them however he wants. Mm -hmm. Christians come on and go, no, they are the image of God. You have to treat them like equals. Mm. And that led to abolitionist movements. Come on. And so he says Christianity was like a depth charge. Yeah. It took centuries for us to realize about this, but it led to abolitionist movements, equal rights, yeah. uh, caring for the poor and needy yep. and developing all these things. And Christianity is making the world better, and it's going to keep doing that as long as we keep being the body. I'm just kind of tracking your language here. Would you say you lean to more of like a post-mill, mill position in terms oh, of your eschatology? I am definitely a post-millennialist. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I'm actually about to start a series on eschatology on my yes. channel. I love it. So um, all the all the deep stuff you guys want me to talk about, go go watch his channel because I have zero desire to talk about eschatology. In, in March, <laughs> I'll do a video on if Jesus was a failed apocalyptic prophet. Did he predict the end of the world yeah, in the first century? That's Bart Ehrman's uh, biggest opposition. I'll to, be I'll be addressing that and showing no, he did not. But he also did. But it's not a problem. It's yeah. complicated. You have to understand that we have misunderstood prophecy. Yeah. Uh, so that, and then in uh, April, I'm going to do a 30 minute video arguing that the Bible teaches postmillennialism. I really want postmillennialism to be true. I think it is, and I'm going to argue yeah. it is. In like, April. If, like if I had to choose, that would be my, like, like that would be the way I would want it to play out. But then I also see how dark the world is, and I go, man, it's pretty bad out well, here. I'm going to argue that actually history has been showing post millennial. Post-millennialism yeah. is true. Yeah. I'm going to go through some studies mm -hmm. that actually show how Christianity is making the world a better place, mm -hmm. which is in line with it. But I'll go through scripture. I'm going to cover Daniel, Ezekiel, Mark, 1 Corinthians 15, Revelation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cover them all, and I'm going to yeah. show, look, the, the Bible is clearly teaching post-millennialism here. Yeah. It, I, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is true. And I just think, you know, it's it may look dark now, but what do you— People would it, it's far better than it is now. We yeah. have the Geneva Convention yeah. crying out loud. No one's being crucified anymore. Yeah. yeah. Things are getting better. It just takes time. It's a gradual yeah. process. And it's up and, and it ebbs and flows. It's not linear. Things are getting right. better. But if you're talking about overall, there's less folks starving, there's less war. There's right, even with Ukraine, even with the pandemic, the world today is a much better place than it was a hundred years ago. Well, you look at things like nuclear bombs. People mm -hmm. are always starting nuclear war, but it's ironic because nuclear bombs have sort of like lowered war accidentally because everyone's afraid of nuclear war, so no one goes after each other. And what happens is we end up talking more as yeah. nations. That's good. So ironically, what was supposed to destroy us is actually leading to more peace in some ways. That's so good. Post-millennialism, post give us a quick elevator pitch for post-millennialism. How would you define it and, how, and, and why do you think it's true? Post-millennialism post is the view that the Great Commission will be successful. 
There's not going to be a future Antichrist, future tribulation. That's talking about things that happened in 70 AD with the destruction of the temple. The kingdom of God is going to keep spreading like Daniel prophesied that there's going to be a mountain that's going to slowly cover the whole world. Jesus said the kingdom will grow like a mustard seed that slowly fills the whole garden, a little bit of you know, leaven that fills the whole loaf. Paul says it post-millennialism quite explicitly in 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, that yeah. Jesus is going to reign yep. until all enemies are under his feet and then death will be destroyed. Yep. So right there, Jesus is quite clear that, you know, the kingdom is going to keep gradually growing until I have put subdued all my enemies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other passages are, I think, Psalm 110, where it Psalm talks 110, about... Psalm 110, Psalm 2. Psalm 2, Psalm 124, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, just kind of echoing that, like, sovereignty and providence that God mm -hmm. has, even though there's evil and sin. Yeah, I, um, I saw... Um, James White go through a video explaining why he was post-millennial. I just, thought that was really good. He just became a post-millennialist. Yeah, I so thought that was, was like, really yes. good. Yeah, what do you make of like Jeff Durbin and, and uh, those guys? The Apology, Apologia, Apologia Channel, I think is what they... Yeah, I think they're good guys. We don't agree with everything, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Christians, they accept the core doctrines. Yeah. Do you good. slide into the theonomy aspect of it? No. No, okay. No, I'm not a theonomist. What's the distinction? What would you say the distinction so is? Theonomy, a theon theonomy is basically the idea we should apply the Mosaic Law to contemporary government. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am I think that gets a little too close to Christian nationalism, which I'm vehemently against. Yep. Uh, I think what the Great Commission is, is it's changing hearts one at a time. That's good. So eventually we're, I think, a couple thousand years, who knows, we'll get to the point we won't even need governments. Yeah. The, the law will just be on everyone's heart and we'll just know not to do these things. Yeah. It just takes time for human nature to change. It's going to take thousands of years. That's good. That's good. Shout out to Lugo. He says, got questions as a blog explaining that the USA isn't referred anywhere in the Bible and that most likely the West won't exist in the end times. What's y'all thoughts on that? I mean, it's possible. Uh, the U.S. is quite honestly the most blessed nation that has ever existed on this planet. And that's not just from our values. It's also from the geography itself. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the breadbasket of the world, the Great Plains, and right through that we have the mighty Mississippi and the river chains that come off of it. Mm -hmm. It's the longest steady-flowing river in the, uh, in the world, which means cities like Pittsburgh— or St. Louis basically become, have the same capacity as like coastal cities. Mm -hmm. You can transport goods up and down quite yep. easily. Yep, it's huge. So, so U.S. is just so blessed. It's yeah. be, the only way the U.S. will be destroyed is if it's destroyed from the inside, mm. which is possible. Uh, but let's pray it doesn't. Let's pray the U.S. becomes the, a light to the nations and just continues to bless the world with resources and the gospel and getting things out to help make the world a better place. You know, become— my 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 goal or my dream is the U.S. becomes you know the world's greatest promoter of human rights, of charity and of the gospel. I always find it fascinating when you go to places that are void of the gospel and how different they are. You know, you go to North Korea, you go to China, you go to some of the 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 radical Muslim nations, and it's such a different place, man. Mm -hmm. It's such a different place, different values, different uh, views of like dignity. It's wild. Well, man. I mean, go back to Europe before the gospel got to like you know uh, the North cultures. They were mm. they were the Vikings were horrible people. They would attack villages, kill all the children, sometimes burning them alive. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, do have their ways with the women, and, and then leave. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably sometimes they'd even kill the women after mm. Christianity comes in. And now look at that, that region. Yeah. You know, as Tom Holland notes, the historian I, I mentioned earlier, you know, it just it 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 transformed values unlike anything else on planet Earth. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. If you want to go to Extra Mile, partner with us so that you can keep us independent, keep us working exclusively for you, and that we never have to make 
commercials like this one. Our friends at GenuCell Skincare have exciting news to celebrate in 2023. Using Manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. And that's where Mudwater comes in. True Classic has got your back. All thanks to the sponsor of today's video, SayMine.com. Established titles is your opportunity to earn the title of Laird or Lady. Object credit approval rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR, including 0.50% auto pay discount. If you don't want us to make ads with brands you don't care about, sign up for our online community for as little as $5 a month to keep us independent and ultimately answering to you as our boss. You get all sorts of benefits like daily replays of our after party streams, exclusive access to our 